and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we are booksmen. And boy, howdy, another week, a book's done. It's another moviesman excursion that we're having. Yeah, well, not, we can't go to the theaters yet. Oh, no, I saw this movie that I watched in in the theater. <laughs> well, that's very weird, Tim. This movie came out uh, <laughs> coming up on 20 years ago now. Uh, 16 years ago. Um, yeah, and coming up on 20. The... That's the next milestone. I mean, maybe. I would I would say it's more accurate to be like, it just passed its 15th anniversary. Like, if you're going to round up 10 years or 20 years, it's closer to 20. Yeah, but if you're going by fives, it's closer to well, 15. Well, I'm not going by fives. And well, you should going go by, by fives. fives, but price is right rules. That's true. I didn't say it was but close to 20. I said it was coming up on 20. It's coming up on, you said rounding 20? I said coming up, I didn't say rounding 20. That's not <laughs> in my vernacular. I said coming up on 20. <laughs> anyway, um, Tom, I, I just full disclosure... I don't know how this happened, but I've had three full beers um, before we recorded this. Yeah. I didn't eat much today. Mm -hmm. I had a whole thing planned. I took so many notes. Look, Tom, I'm showing you all my notes on Uh, on the video chat that that. we're doing. Mm -hmm. I watched this movie not even like an hour in advance like I usually do for this. (laughs) I watched it a couple days in advance. I was excited for this. Uh I feel like it's going to be all for naught. I feel like I'm going to be uh, not as articulate as I want to be. Well, maybe you should be more professional, not drink so much before we do the show. I didn't drink so much. And then here's the thing. We... We we do this, Tom. Mm-hmm. We 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 do this silly uh, video chat and yeah. record. And people, just for the record, people ask sometimes, like, "Hey, why don't you put up the video version?" I don't think it's anything interesting to watch. No, <laughs> Tim Both always of us are angles his. In yeah, Tim always angles his iPad. He's taking up like the bottom third of, of my iPad screen. I'm behind a pop filter. You can't even probably see my mouth moving. I'm also nope. taking up. Now that I look at it, I'm taking up a very small amount of frame too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It keeps us. If there were something interesting to like watch, walking out of the room. Yeah, if it were something interesting to watch, we would look into like how to stream this. It is not anything interesting to watch. It's barely interesting to listen to. <laughs> exactly. Come on, give us a break. Um. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, I just want I just want to say that. Um. Look, we'll we'll re-record this in the future. Tom, when you what? and I are in the same room, <laughs> we'll get together and talk about. I can re-record all the episodes we have to do remote. <laughs> Yeah, because I think it'll be a different dynamic. Yeah, George Lucas style. We'll go back and make changes. Exactly. Um, I'll Man. shoot first. I've been watching uh, the behind the scenes of uh, The Mandalorian. On, Is it uh, good? It's great. I mean, as somebody that's a huge fan of The Mandalorian, it's great. Uh, I just watched an episode that was all about the directors. Uh, and it's very funny because like, it's a pretty diverse uh, group of directors they got together for for this show, and they all seem to genuinely like each other and like kind of work together on all this, um, so that they were all on the same page. But like they're all going around the room, like telling their stories of how they like came into directing, and then it comes to uh, 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 Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> it's like, uh, so my dad's Ron Howard. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I remember he took me to dinner with George Lucas when I was five years old, and he explained what Star Wars was to me. Uh, but I, A, her episode was really good. But B, I kind of appreciate that she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to pretend like this is the first. I'm an actress, a, a good actress. I like her. Uh, but like, this is the first thing she's directed. And it's like all these other people like, here's how I got to the point of directing a Star Wars thing. So I kind of appreciate the honesty of like, yeah, I mean, I've got a, a good acting career going, but it's mostly, you know, I, George Lucas is a close family friend. I like it when somebody that perhaps benefited from nepotism. Yeah. I mean, if, if, 
if you're the child of a very prominent industry person and you go into that industry mm-hmm. you definitely benefited just like doors were open right um because because of that mm-hmm. regardless of your talent level i find it very refreshing when that person acknowledges like oh yeah yeah like this is like look i'm not saying this is this is why i got i got jobs but like this is why i was on the radar it's how you got this job me yeah it's how you got on this podcast Tim. it's only because your grandfather yeah uh thaddeus daniels (laughs) yep he left it he left it in his will that uh and he would get to host. If either of my grandfathers knew that this is what I did. <laughs> they they wouldn't understand. They just wouldn't. They wouldn't understand. Yeah. But I don't think they'd be happy about it. I'm trying to think if if any of my grandparents. I think my I think my dad. Both of my dad grandfathers. By. What, while when we were doing this. Yeah. Oh no, my my both my grandfathers passed away in the nineties. Oh, okay. So like before podcasting was even a twinkle in Steve Jobs' eye. Mm-hmm. They were like the guy from Next Computers. He's gonna. <laughs> That's all I know him from. Now, please, if you'll let me get back to my Pog game. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Well, and also like uh uh. Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, you know, it's hard to break in as a woman into uh, directing. So it's also like, a, OK, well, if anybody should get nepotism, it should be uh, a woman. It's fine. Especially I'm, a redhead. I'm especially fine. I don't it's know. It's hard was, for redheads in the world. It is hard. That's what I'm saying. I was just thinking the uh, I was thinking earlier today that uh, I think I'm fine with nepotism. It's when people pretend that nepotism had nothing to do with it. That's what infuriates me. Because I was just thinking about it where I was like, man, if I was like, you know, born to like some rich family, that would have been fucking awesome. (laughs) That would have been great if it was just like, well, guess what? Uh, You know, we own a lot of, uh, you know, companies and and investments and properties or whatever. So like, uh, you're not going to have to do anything. Uh, if you don't want to, there's just always going to be money. I'd be like, Oh, awesome. Cause guess what? I didn't really want to do anything. I'd be long dead if that were the case actually. But, uh, but, uh, uh, I get when it's like, Oh, I like work my ass off to get to this place. I want my son or daughter. I'm going to hold the door open for them to get in. I think that's fine. In most cases, it's, it's only when people act like, you know, the the famous Jeb Bush when he said he was a self-made man. It's like, really? You're the son of a uh, 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 president, vice president, director of the CIA. But you did this all on your own. And like your grandfather was, well, what was he? He was Nazi. a Nazi. Yeah, right. <laughs> and your grandfather was a Nazi. You had every leg up in this world. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he's like. He's like, well, the Nazis lost, so and then <laughs> yes, I had to brush myself off. Square one. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, it, and in showbiz, like mm-hmm. Bryce Dallas Howard being like, "Hey, yeah, I'm Ron Howard's daughter." Like I yeah. had ins. Like I remember reading uh, yeah, an interview with. Um, or a transcript of something that Lena Dunham had said, like, cause like she is the, the daughter of like two New famous artists. artists. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's such a cliche, right? Like every daughter of artists gets their own HBO show. And it's just like, no, you idiot. It's just, you grew up rich with well-connected parents. Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee you, like, there's there are HBO executives that come to your parents' cocktail parties, <laughs> and that is not the case for most people. Yeah, like, you well, never had to worry about anything in your whole life. Well, it's like that uh, shithead Max Landis, who was like, oh, I, be- I doubt Steven Spielberg even knows who I am. It's like, really? He had to stand on trial when your dad murdered three people. 
<laughs> I think he does two know children, who you are. Yeah. yeah, two two children and a and and Vic Morrow, an acclaimed actor. <laughs> uh, yeah, he knows who you are. Like, stop pretending like like oh no, it's my pure talent that that has allowed me to uh, harass women for <laughs> for all these years. Is he still on Twitter? I was trying to look him up on Twitter the other day because I was looking to get outraged about something. Uh, I don't think so. Let me see. Uh, he sucks. He's one of the worst people that that's out there. Yeah, but you do uh, rank Bright as one of your top five films of all time, Tom. No, I, I, I couldn't even watch it, to be honest with you. Let me Can also say, say that... Uh, Bryce. Do- <laughs> I was about to make an outrageous <laughs> false claim about about you, just to make you angry. But I'm I'm not going to say it. Well, I'm glad you didn't. I was also going to say that Bryce Dallas Howard is a, a a great actress. Like I I've liked her in everything I've seen. So I think that also helps. That it's like, all right, somebody wants to like give you a shot at directing. You're you're a good actor. Sure, why not? Yeah. He you is. Liked it doesn't inter- look like you he's... Jurassic World, Tom. Uh, it was all right. He's not on Twitter anymore, from what I can see. He is still on Instagram. It would appear. Were you a big fan of the Lady in the Water? No, I couldn't. Oh boy, that was a bad movie. But don't you agree <laughs> that M Night Shyamalan? was treated so poorly by the critics that you should have to sit through two hours about um, oh, I to hear him complaining that's what, about it. That's what that movie was about. It was just him like, like being like, Ooh boy, I'm going to cast somebody as a critic and I'm going to give them what's for. I'm going to get back at them when it's like, no, that's, I don't know. Just I never saw it, but it seemed like he thought he was being a lot more clever than he was. Do you know what Bryce Dallas Howard's character's name was in that movie? What story? <laughs> <laughs> well, story is what is most important. <laughs> no, it's subtle the way that that, that he that he just kind of weaved that into uh, the narrative. Yeah. I was watching, uh, uh, you saw, I'm sure you were excited about, well, look, we'll talk about the movie in a minute. Um, yeah. That you were excited about uh, that uh, your your internet campaign to release the Snyder Cut has come true and it's finally happening. I was telling them to release the Schneider's <laughs> Cut because I wanted new pretzel flavors. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was Schneider's pretzels that they were gonna that they were gonna release. No new cuts of pretzels, so like nuggets, um, uh, the the full kind of uh, prayer style. Um, oh, this uh, whole time I thought it was released the Snyder cut, and it was going to be Tom Snyder's old talk show. They were finally going to put out what happened during the commercial breaks. I mean, I bet that would be pretty interesting. I bet yeah. there was some some really uh, ribald stuff going there. Why did I bring up the Schneider Cut? What were you talking about right before then? Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, I just saw somebody posted uh, like it was you know a Twitter thing or whatever about like uh, uh, like oh this is how you do like subtlety in movies. And it was uh, from Man of Steel. And it was like Clark Kent in a church with like stained glass window of Jesus taking up half the frame and him saying like, I don't know, maybe I should sacrifice myself to save the world. (laughs) It's like we we get it. Superman's like Jesus. That's what you think. Yeah. Who wants that? Who that's going to see these movies wants to be like. I think it should be an allegory about. Well, and then like he gets blasted out of religion. Let's make it an allegory for the most boring things on earth. (laughs) Blasted out of a ship and he's got his arms out like like the crucifixion. It's like, oh, we get it. You think Superman's a Christ-like character, but he's not. He's a Superman-like character, already an archetype. Like (laughs) you don't have to 
do this. Are you, however, however much shit you're talking right now, mm-hmm. are you going to subscribe to HBO Max and watch the Snyder Cut? Oh, I'm extremely interested in seeing it. I think it's going to be garbage. But, like, I don't think it's going to be more garbage than, uh, like, the, the Justice League movie that came out is unwashable. Um, and I remember you did buy the Blu-ray to buy the to watch the extended cut, even though you hated the movie that you saw in, in, in theaters. Not for Justice League, but I did for Batman v Superman. Oh, right, right. And the director's cut of Batman v Superman is... It is better. It makes more sense. Um, but it's still like I, I full disclosure, I started watching it last night because of all this news. Uh, I can only get halfway through it because I think it's like three hours long. Um, Justice League you're talking about? No, Batman v Superman. Okay. So Batman v Superman was the movie that came out while he was filming Justice League that like bombed and people hated it. And Warner Brothers came to him and, and was like, hey, uh, so remember we told you you're going to do a trilogy? It's not going to be a trilogy anymore. It's going to be one movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So like uh, start wrapping it up. <laughs> and then, you know, his daughter committed suicide. So he had to leave the film and Joss Whedon came and like not only not just finished it. It was obvious that Warner Brothers was like please redo this movie. But then it seems like even that wasn't the case. Like Joss Whedon did stuff. And then they were like, ah, that's still not what we want. It was like a studio cut. It was a studio made movie. It's horrible. I'm sure Zack Snyder's movie is going to make more sense. It's going to be better. It's still not going to be good. The, the director's cut of Batman V Superman's better than the theatrical cut. But as you're watching it, you're like, Oh, okay. This makes more sense because they had to cut out all these parts. They should have cut out this whole subplot. <laughs> like, this doesn't go anywhere. Why is this in the movie? It's an allegory, Tom. Yeah. You don't need allegory. Make, make, remake The Passion of the Christ. That's what I'm asking for. Just make it explicit. Yeah. I don't know. Superman's not a Jesus S character in my book. He's Jewish. Well, he's maybe not Jewish, but his creators were Jewish. But they weren't trying to create a Christ-like character. He's the Ubermensch, the Overman. Yeah, I mean, who cares? (laughs) I care, and Zack Snyder cares. And that's all that matters. Yeah, well... Um, are you holding out hope for um the new Superman or the new Batman? I'm sorry. Oh, um, yeah, not a huge amount of hope. Like, I don't know. I'm not expecting. Like, I I'm hoping it's like a fun, watchable movie. I like Robert Pattinson. I think he's going to be interesting, if nothing else. I mean, that's really where I'm at with all this stuff. Like, and why I'm like looking forward to this Justice League movie. Like it'll be interesting to watch. It might not be entertaining, but it'll be interesting. See, I don't I don't find it interesting. I find it tedious, Tom. Yeah, but I mean it's two hours of your life. Well, I mean, this new Justice League movie, it sounds like it might be six hours. <laughs> yeah, the and the thing is there is no Schneider cut. The Snyder cut. They're 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 paying him $20 million <laughs> to pretzels. make one. <laughs> so the last cut of the movie he made before he left the project was a four hour cut. But a lot of that was with previs uh, special effects. So like not finished effects, not finished ADR, all that kind of stuff. So now they're giving him like 20 to $30 million to finish the visual effects uh, and do some ADR and, and things like that. Well, and I think too, like Zach, all these movies, you know, they still make a big deal about these big movies when it's like, Oh, they're doing reshoots. They schedule reshoots into these things. And like Zach, because they don't put a lot of forethought into them when they start filming. 
Sometimes the script isn't even done. Yeah, in some cases that that's the case. But even in cases where it's, you know, they they've they've put a lot of thought into it and everything, it's still a like, all right, we're hoping this movie is gonna make a billion dollars. We're happy to spend another fifty million after people have edited it. If they realize like shit, you know it would be great if we had this, this, and this, it would We've shown this to some test audiences. This is where they're confused. If we had a little more money and and a couple more weeks, we could fix that stuff. So that's what happens with all these big budget movies. And like Zack Snyder Snyder did not. (laughs) Now you got me doing it. He did not. He did not get the chance to do what he was going to do for his reshoots. And a lot of times it's not even that. It's the reshoots like as directors are making the movie, they're like, shit you know it'd be great or like this person's giving a great performance we should focus more on them this thing i thought was going to be great is kind of boring let's focus less on that yeah i mean it's kind of like they did the first draft and now they want to do a second draft and Zack snyder didn't get that chance are you are they going to do reshoots it's unclear is ben affleck gonna come back uh, he tweeted about it today. Maybe he will. He might come back. I think he'll at least come back and do some ADR. Automated dialogue replacement. How did you know that? I'm I'm in the biz. I know about these things. Um, Yeah, I think right now. And also the thing that is nice about this is they were saying uh, that like the post-production houses in, in the, in the filmmaking business, they're uh, running out of work because, you know, filming stopped two months ago on things. So projects Mm -hmm. are either wrapping up post-production or productions halted and they don't have post-production to do. So they're like, yeah, at first we thought like, Oh, this would be the worst time to do this because everybody's in quarantine, but then they realize, Oh, actually now would be the best time to do it because these post-production houses where people are working from home, they're running out of work. This would be great to throw them some work, uh, where, you know, otherwise they wouldn't have shit to work on. Zack Snyder's revitalizing the economy, Tim, and I will hear nothing to the contrary. A great man. <laughs> Around the world in 80 days was he, a he film might be a that great was released. Man. He is a very not good director, in my opinion. I've never seen any of his films. You haven't it's, seen uh, Sucker Punch? I haven't. The thing is, he is brilliant visually. He creates like these visual uh, tableaus and stuff that look great, but he is not a, a good storyteller, and he doesn't get Oh, he doesn't get these characters again, rewatching some of the stuff where it's like, oh, this is what if Superman's parents were selfish assholes? What if they grew up reading Ayn Rand? Well, how would they raise Superman? Pretty cool. I, I won't stand for Jonathan and Martha Kent to be besmirched in such a way. They're nice. Martha. Her name is Martha. Why did you say that name? Around the world in eighty days, Tom. You read the book mm-hmm. by Great Jules. Book. I it. Know what I mean? Fern <laughs> came out in eighteen seventy three, and you know what they did? What? A hundred and twenty years later, they're like one hundred and thirty years later. They're like, this needs an update. Yeah, let's get Jackie Chan and Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. to go around the world in 80 days. We'll still set it back then. Right. But we'll we'll film it. Instead of being a book, we'll film it. We'll have dialogue. It'll be uh, a motion picture. Mm-hmm. And they brought it to a studio. All the studios said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> so they made it with uh, a bunch of... Uh, Children. Film studios that I've never heard of. Spank Nice Films. Spank and Nice. Spank Nice. Spank Nice. Yeah. Wow. Mostow Lieberman Productions. (laughs) Well, of course, Tim. You've never been to Mostow Lieberman Theme Park? (laughs) 
Um, and then I think after they made it, they sold it to Walt Disney. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll tell you one thing, Tom. Even though he was dead? Yeah, yeah. They sold it to his son, Mickey Mouse. Oh, also, Tim, I've been watching on Disney Plus, on your Disney Plus account, uh, the Imagineering story. Also fascinating. I love Imagineers. I love theme parks, Tom. Yeah. It just seemed like too much propaganda for me when I watched the first 15 minutes of the first episode. It's a lot of propaganda. They don't talk about how Walt Disney hated Jews at all from what I've seen so far. (laughs) Um, But uh, they do talk about like it is. It's fascinating to to, like kind of see in depth the timeline of how these things went and how before Disneyland there were things like this, but they were carnivals. They were full of like barkers and it was like a scam. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we can make a more elaborate scam. We can make a scam that people leave happy that they've been scammed. I think if I had to live, if I had to redo my life from, from the beginning, Mm -hmm. you would uh, live in Cinderella's castle. (laughs) <laughs> well, of course, that goes without saying, but I don't think that's achievable. I don't think there's any life decisions I can make that would make me wind up there. But I think I would um, attempt, knowing what I know now, I think my ultimate goal would be I'm going to gear my studies and my interests to becoming the most senior Imagineer in Walt Disney. Really? You know somebody that was an Imagineer. I don't think you know that they were Imagineer. No, I I do. Yeah, you do know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the fact that they left. They were Imagineer. Yeah, no, I want to be somebody. I I would love to build immersive, like design immersive theme park attractions. Well, that's... And that's what's All interesting. All I want to do is be in an immersive theme park attraction. And whenever <laughs> I come out of one, I'm like, I have I some I want to go back in. Yeah, but I'm also like, here's here's how it could have been more immersive um, and more themey. And I think uh, if if I geared my my life towards getting that expertise, becoming an engineer, mm-hmm. um Getting getting the right, you know, just just getting all the right schooling and, yeah. and knowledge. I think that would be a very fulfilling life. So when I'm reincarnated, I'll, I'll I'll do that. Well, and that is a nice thing watching this special because, or these series of specials, these episodes, because a lot of times the guys, it's like, oh yeah, I worked for Disneyland for fifty years. Like they actually did, like spend their it's entire career. career. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, you know, careers don't really exist nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And, it, yeah, like, they stayed at a company for 50 years. Loser. That's what <laughs> I think right now. Um, yeah. Uh, would you be interested okay. in being a theme park secret shopper? Mm, yeah and no. I mean, I don't really want to. Part-time job. I know. No, I I know that the 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 people that keep things running mm-hmm. um aren't the most well compensated. No, I'm saying but like I don't really want to like friggin' narc on like, hey, you're a secret <laughs> shopper, and no, like, not hey, not that the, style at, narking. At the I guess churro stand. Did you wait a long time for your churro? I don't want to be like, yeah, no, I I waited thirty seconds longer than I should have for my churro, and this guy that you're paying. $9 and 20 cents an hour to run the churro stand is going to get reprimanded because of me. I'm I don't s- want to be that guy. I'm saying, would you want to be the guy that, uh, gives notes after going on a theme park ride? Sure. But I also don't want to be just a critic. I want to be part of the solution. Yeah. I want to be I like, was gonna say, here's what would have made would it. probably get your notes and then do the, do the uh, jerk off motion about you. Exactly. And I want to be like, here's how I think it could be made better. Oh, then they're going to see that part and they're going to do a double jerk off motion. Exactly. But it's be like, and I want to be the guy responsible for making it better. I want this. 
I want to carry that burden and, yeah. and to, to you know, this idea lives or dies based on my execution of it. Well, it, I'm a great man, Tom. I'm, I'm <laughs> a really great man. I think you might have to go back to school for engineering because I don't think you have even like a baseline understanding of how engineering works. No, no, and I, and I told you, Tom. This is it's it's beyond my grasp yeah. at this point. It, yeah. it it has to be. It's it's the sad fact where I'm at the point in my life where it's like, well, if only I had it to do all over again. Yeah. Like so, if I ever a child, I will, you know, you know, <laughs> push your dreams on them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. One of these guys on this on this thing I was watching, he was like, "Yeah, I graduate from." <laughs> if and- I have a daughter, I'll name her. Cinderella, but the son, I'll call him Pinocchio. And, uh, you know, that, that'll give him a leg up at the Disney corporation. Uh, absolutely. I can't see how it wouldn't nepotism, uh, uh, I'll name my son stitch <laughs> and my daughter Lilo and make them go in for an interview together. <laughs> yeah. Um, dressed up in Hawaiian garb. No, this one guy that had been working there from like the 50s or 60s, and he was like, I don't know, I got out of college with an engineering degree, and it was like, you can learn to build build bridges, or you can come make, uh, it's a small world after all. But then also he was like, I'm going to stay in that job for 50 years. Nobody else can have that job. Tom? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like some kind of a remix. All right. I, I get the idea. No. A little band called Bahamen, <laughs> uh, famous for Who Let the Dogs Out. Yeah, not um, famous for, only known for Who Lets the Dog. Who yeah, let but the they're dogs famous out. for it. They're famous for that song, Who Lets the Dogs Out? Who Let the Dogs Out? Who Lets um, the Dogs Out? Tom, they recorded that special version of It's a Small World After All for the film Around the World in 80 Days. It plays over the credits. Oh, really? Huh. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, A, a really cool version of a really cool song. <laughs> um, Tom, here, I got news for you here. Mm-hmm. Around the World in 80 Days was made, the budget was $110 million. That's a lot of money. It was a Disney film. It's $2,004 too. Disney film, so you figure uh, marketing budget was like maybe almost that. So you figure it cost like around $200 million. Mm -hmm. Box office, $72.2 million. Ooh, swing and a mess. Right? Yeah. Guess what? I got news for you. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah. It's got Steve Coogan. You like Steve Coogan, right? Yeah, yeah. He's funny. Uh-huh. It's got Jackie Chan. You like Jackie Chan, right? Tim, I love Jackie Chan. I fucking I always forget how much I love Jackie Chan until I'm seeing Jackie Chan in action. He's so funny. One of the one of the best physical comedians, exactly. And I don't really love, um, like on screen fights or violence because right. normally, well, but his fights not, aren't violent. That's the thing. It's it's like extended slapstick. Yeah, like all yeah. of his fights it's are choreographed just, slaps, like insanely choreographed slapstick fights. Like he never has fights that are like bloody or people getting killed or anything. It's a you know it's no. a dance. And whenever it's whenever it's not overtly trying to be funny, it's at least interesting mm-hmm. and surprising. Um, and oh. so I don't know why. They got they, they got Jackie Chan who's hilarious, Steve Coogan who's hilarious. They're actually very funny together. I just don't know mm-hmm. why they chose to adapt the Jules Verne book <laughs> around the world in eighty days with these two guys. Um, may I guess it's like a property, and they're like, "Hey, we, we you know, it's yeah, a it's a classic property. story." But then what they did was they mm-hmm. changed literally everything about it. Oh. Uh, Phileas Fogg 
You know, mm-hmm. you know who he is in, in in the movie. Yeah, no, he's I a don't. whack. He's a wacky advent, uh, a wacky inventor. No, they're go, they're going after things. that flubber money. They're going after that flubber money. They're like America starts loves out- flubber, and we need to produce a new flubber. Um, so Jackie Chan, the movie starts. Flubber came out seven years ago, and people are itching for more wacky inventor. Jackie Chan mm-hmm. plays Yao Xing. Okay. Not a character in the book that you recognize, right? No. He robs the Bank of England, Tom. You see it? First shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. A couch smashes out of a second floor window at the bank. Jackie Chan is on the couch. <laughs> I don't know how it, but it lands on the on the street and he bounces out of this couch. It's it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. All right. Um and then all these police officers start chasing him and it's a chase through the streets of London. Mm-hmm. Nothing like this happens in the book, right? No. Um but it's still the late 1800s, right? Yeah. So essentially, he's he he he's evading them in a bunch of creative ways, uh-huh. and eventually he cr- he climbs a tree, um, and okay. and is waiting for the police to leave, and he sees Phileas Fogg, uh, Steve Coogan, who is running a uh, who's running an experiment to try to try to get uh, he's got this roller coaster set up. He's trying to get uh, a man to go over. 50 or 60 miles an hour for the first time ever. Uh-huh. But he's using his chauffeur to do it. And his chauffeur is a really old man. And he's like, I'm not going to be your, your test dummy. And he quits and he leaves. And then the police get closer to, to Jackie Chan. Well, that's kind of what happened with, with Phileas Fogg's first uh, butler. Well, he fired him. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He got, he got fired. And then, uh, Jackie Chan falls in and uh, he's like, oh, the chauffeur, uh, he, he had overheard the chauffeur leaving and he's like, and he needs to, to to get away from the cops. He's like, the chauffeur service sent me here. They heard uh. that you fired the last guy. And uh, uh, Phileas Fogg is like, what's your name? And he, he looks around and says, uh, Passport. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't That's understand why he says that <laughs> but, but steve coogan's like oh passport two because uh, he's like oh does the uh do, did the chauffeur services know that uh i only uh want uh french chauffeurs and jackie chan's like i'm french uh my and uh, Steve Coogan's like, you don't look French. And, and Jackie Chan's like, no, uh, my mom's Chinese or my dad's Chinese, mm-hmm. um, but I don't speak Chinese. My mom was French and she never shut up. So I learned a lot of French, uh-huh. but he doesn't know how to speak French. So anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun. Yeah. Stuff that happens. Steve Coogan has uh, invented uh, electricity, electric lights, or he's, uh, you know, adapted it from Thomas Edison or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, it goes on. What The lights turn on whenever you whistle when you walk in the room. And there's so much shtick <laughs> about, like, uh, Jackie Chan is admiring something and goes, <laughs> 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 and all the lights go off. There, it's, there's some really fun stuff. Uh-huh. Um Whatever he wants, uh, Phileas Fogg wants to be the head of the Scientific Society of London. Okay, yeah, that was not. No, that was not ambition in the book. And Lord Kelvin is is a bad guy, and he's the head of the scientific study, the Scientific Society. And Phileas Fogg, with all his wacky inventions, he's he's the he's the laughing stock of of the Scientific Society. Whatever. None of this matters. <laughs> Essentially, the bet is um, that Lord Kelvin bets uh, Phileas Fogg that he can't get around the world in 80 days. Lord Kelvin's in does, the book. I'm pretty sure. Okay. 
Um, if Phileas Fogg makes it, he will be the head of the scientific society. Oh, so it's not for money. No, but if he loses, he must swear never to invent again. Oh, wow. I can't even, if somebody made me swear that, I, I couldn't, I couldn't uphold by it, Tim. I'm a natural inventor, just like Phileas Fogg, I assume. Yeah. So Passepartout did, uh, or uh, Jackie Chan did rob the bank. Okay. Like, so they, they I mean, leave. That, that's the thing about the book. It's kind of like a weird misdirect of like, oh, the bank robbery kind of had nothing to do with the story. But then it also like when you learn about the bank robbery, you're like, oh, shit. OK, everything makes sense. And then when you learn he didn't rob the bank, it's like, oh, wait, so how is he rich then? <laughs> yeah, well, um, he, he oh, oh, and Phileas Fogg is very rich. So yeah. like money is no is no object here. Um, uh, fix. Remember fix from the book, yeah. the guy mm-hmm. that's following them. Detective He's fix. hired by Kelvin to kind of fuck them up. Oh, but, so that's what um, the what Passepartout thought. Yeah, and it's it's the case in 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 the movie, but yeah. he's a real goofy you think buffoon. The screenwriter like just some picked up the book halfway through. <laughs> seems like it, but uh, Fix is like some Cockney idiot and like okay. just a buffoon who like essentially the roadrunner. He just gets uh, he just gets crappy coyote. Not the road. Right, runner. right, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tom. I drank three beers. Well, Another come on. helpful three thing. Three beers is no excuse to not remember <laughs> who's the one that gets <laughs> fucked over and who's the one that gets away with it. That, that's fair. Um, a helpful thing that happens in the movie that doesn't happen in the book is that um, frequently they will put the day, like day two. Yeah. In the location. So like on the screen, it'll say day two, Paris. Right. So they get to Paris um, and that they're, they're running around Paris. Um, and, and past part two, like Jackie mm-hmm. Chan, he's like following them around and he's pretending like, oh yes, this is my home, France. Um, and there's a <laughs> lot of good shtick about uh, Steve Coogan being like, uh, ask this French guy something in French so we can get this. And yeah. uh, Jackie Chan doing fake French. It's really, it's really great. It's, it's, it's very funny. This is a very funny movie. I think my only uh, problem is it's exactly two hours long. Uh, and a movie like this should be exactly 90 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Just a fun romp. Um, exactly. Um, so they're in Paris and they're killing time before they're they're going to catch their train out of Paris. Mm-hmm. And then Jackie Chan gets alarmed. There's a scene where they're just in a square. He looks around and he sees all these Asian guys in, <laughs> in Paris. And he's just like, hmm, this doesn't seem like right, that it's right. Like there's one dressed as a cook. There's one dressed as like a mime there. Uh-huh. And they're all like looking at him, like sharpening knives or something. Uh-huh. Uh, so they have this ninja fight, uh, this karate fight. And it's great. It's this, it's this Jackie Chan. Like he did all the stunt coordination for the movie. Very so few like, karate fights in the book. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they go to an art gallery, um, you know how in the in the book the the love interest um, is picked up in India. I yeah. think mm-hmm. this is a French woman. Uh, they they pick up a French woman there who just wants to uh, she wants to escape her her, her life and see the world. Mm-hmm. So she comes along with them. They leave France on a hot air balloon. Not in the book at all. Very disappointing. Nope. So already the movie's got a leg up on the book. It's got yeah. ninja fights and a hot air balloon. And we're only like a half hour into the film at this point. You know who's running the the hot air balloon stand? Who? None other than hot air balloon enthusiast, billionaire Richard Branson. Oh, wow. He traveled back in time. Yeah. So, um... Well, I mean, I don't know if he's playing he's, Richard Branson. He's kind of off the whole uh, hot air balloon thing in in recent years, recent decades, I feel like. 
Yeah, I remember he had a thing after The Apprentice started. Like it was like the Fox ripoff of The Apprentice, where it's like yeah. the next mogul. Yeah, it was um, like, and I remember. Was, I the remember the contestants had, had to people in bikinis. Yeah, and I think which uh, amazing that The Apprentice didn't think <laughs> about that. Um, I'm sure but, Trump was suggesting it every week. Well, if we have some of the uh, contestants wear bikinis in the boardroom, and I uh, walk in on the in the changing room, <laughs> and you have cameras um, set up all over the changing room just so you get uh, all the angles. Day ten, uh, they go to Istanbul, Tom. Not Constantinople. Oh, it is Constantinople at the time. They call it Constantinople, Constantinople, but on the screen it says Day 10, Istanbul. Huh. Weird. Must have been right. Um, but that's when your boy enters the uh, the uh, situation, Tom. The governator. The governator. Before he's the even the governor. But but right before this was his last role, I believe, before he became governor. It was. It was. So there's not much information here. Oh, okay. So he plays the prince, Prince Hoppy. Mm-hmm. Who I believe is in the book, maybe. He's very vain. His prized possession is a statue of him, like in the thinker pose, but it's he's very he's got a lot of muscles. Um, oh, it's Arnold, yeah, yeah, and he's a he, he's a very dim witted prince. Okay. But then they go and hang out in like uh, essentially a hot tub, but like hot bath, um, and they're all hanging out in there. And then Arnold's like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this this woman, this French woman that you brought. She's gonna be my seventh wife." And uh, right. they're like, seven wives." He's like, "Yeah, one for every day of the week." And then he's just like, how's Tuesday work for you to, to the, the woman? Um, so he's going to keep her as a wife slash slave. He's not um, in the book. I'm, I'm looking it up and I don't think, I don't think that character is in the book. Hmm. I beg and then they threaten, they threaten to smash the statue that he loves unless they give her uh back. Who does? Phileas and and Passepartout. Oh wow! All right. They like they're gonna they're gonna knock the knock statue over, over um, and they're holding it. And then Arnold like freaks out. And he's like, "Yes, everybody, retreat! the The statue can't break." And they get the the woman back, but then the statue falls and breaks anyway. Oh, so they have to cool. run away. Uh, they go to India, um, on the train. Um, and then that's when, that's when Passepartout tells the, the French woman, I didn't get her name. Um, I don't think they ever said it in the movie. He's like, I did rob the bank of England. Um, I, uh, I stole the Jade Buddha and it's just a little green Buddha statue. And he's like, my hometown in China is a small town and this kept the warlords away. It's good luck. And I have to bring it back to them because it was stolen by this warlord that has Lord Kelvin um, in in like Lord Kelvin is afraid of this warlord because she's in like London threatening Lord Kelvin. So she's all angry at Lord Kelvin that the Buddha statue was stolen. So that's why uh, the 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 ninjas were after uh, Passport 2 in France. So they made this whole thing like needlessly complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. Just to explain why there's a uh, a Chinese man playing a uh, a character in the book who is originally French and has to come up with why he's French, but why exactly. he's relevant to the plot. So they they pass they get on they pass through uh, the Himalayas without incident. Day forty one. So they're halfway through their journey. Yeah, there there are parts in the book where it's just kind of like, yeah, without incident, three weeks. They're on a train or a boat and everything's fine. So they get to China. Um he returns the Buddha there, and they're like, This will restore good luck. So your your uh, my hometown village um won't be 
attacked by warlords and taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of funny shtick about at first Jackie Chan has to pretend that he wasn't that he didn't grow up there, even though everybody's like, hello, welcome home. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a lot of good fits around there. There's a lot of good slapstick and classic humor in this. Um, uh, some real classic comedy. But then the ninjas come back and they try to get it and he has a fight. There are five, maybe six fight set pieces oh, throughout, awesome. throughout the, the, the movie, which was really great. But also, like, they should have cut out either two of the <laughs> fights or some of the, yeah, the connecting material. Yeah. yeah, like, it should have been an hour and a half. It should have been 90 minutes. I'll tell you what, Tim. Lately, I've been, uh, you know, you know how, like, sometimes you watch, like, uh, maybe you don't do this. I do this. Like, I've, like before I go to bed, I want to be entertained. So, I'll, like, watch mm-hmm. something. Uh Lately, I've just been like watching like on YouTube, like uh, fight scenes for movies. It's great. Nothing more entertaining than a really good fight scene. Yeah, as long as it's entertaining and not just like I don't like the John Wick fight scenes. I just think like people getting shot twice in the head is not like entertaining. Make sure they're dead. The John Wick fight scene. I I get what you're saying. Like I don't uh, I don't like super graphic. That's not true. Sometimes I do like super graphic fight, but if they're super graphic, then the choreography has to be like next level. Mm-hmm. If it's next level choreography and brutal fights, I'm in. Uh, but otherwise, like, just I just like watching a well choreographed fight scene. That's it. It's like a dance. It's like watching a nice dance. I, sometimes I like watching a nice dance scene. Mm, I agree. Before I go to bed, I want to see. I watch I, uh, West Side Story every time, every bef- night before I go to bed. Before I go to bed, I just want to see something highly choreographed. Yeah. Um, Just set me up into dreamland. A lot of things happen. You know, they they save Jackie Chan's village, but Phileas Fogg gets real pissed off because he's like, you only came on this trip to save your your Chinese village? That's very selfish. And then he got mad at the French woman. He's like, you only came on this trip because you wanted to see the world? That's very selfish. So that's like the dark night of the soul part uh-huh. of the thing. Yeah. he goes off and he goes ahead to san francisco without them uh-huh. but then his bag gets stolen so he's alone in san francisco and he becomes a bum and uh, a fellow bum is played by rob schneider <laughs> who has a from cameo. the real rob from real rob um and he has a pretty funny bit where he's he, he goes up to people and uh, begs for money and gets punched in the face. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> um, and then Passepartout and the French woman meet up with <laughs> Adam Sandler or producer on this movie because I don't know no. how else he gets work. I'm sure there is a. Oh, uh, I'm sure there's an explanation for it. Like I think this was like foreign funded and yeah. and and a a a a. Uh, labor of love for somebody who like loved the book and wanted right so anyway what i forgot to mention was passport two was no uh phileas fogg in the book is obsessed with a flying machine oh, okay um because he's an he inventor this man should fly yeah exactly so they leave whatever they they leave uh and this is before the wright brothers exactly but guess who they meet when they leave san francisco Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson as Wilbur and Orville Wright. Oh, that's good casting. I like <laughs> yeah, that. That was pretty funny. There, there's a lot of good cameos, and this movie lives and dies by its cameos and its fight scenes. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's all I ever want in a movie is cameos and exactly. fight scenes. I think you'd like this movie. I think they just need to cut out some of the fed, some of the plotty stuff. They need a Snyder like, cut or a reverse Snyder cut, a studio cut. Yeah. Yeah, they. I mean, I I'm willing to do a Tim cut on any movie to cut it down by sixty percent. Won't make sense, but it'll be pretty entertaining. I mean, Tim, it sounds like <laughs> anybody behind this movie, uh, any of the studios have long since 
been defunct. These were all just holding companies. I think you <laughs> could do a Tim cut of around the world in 80 days and not suffer any legal repercussions. That's true. I'll just claim it's in the, the public domain. Yeah. Oh, I thought the book's in the public domain. I thought the movie was in the public domain. My bad. So then they get to New York. There's a fight in the Statue of Liberty, which isn't up yet. It's just in like it's been yeah, shipped to New York. Okay. In pieces. Yeah. So they fight in the head. And there's some really good uh, choreography with like Jackie Chan kicking out of the nostrils when, when <laughs> people are trying to get in. There's some nice. good stuff like that. Um, you think he gets crushed under the, the, the tablet that she's holding, but. He winds up being alive. And then they get on a ship back to Tim, that's London. That's any tablet. That's uh, Ten Commandments. <laughs> it is. Um, they get on a ship. I don't know who the the, the ship um, captain is. He's a very funny guy. Okay. Um, his whole shtick is that he got attacked by a shark that bit off both of his nipples. Um, and he's very self-conscious about it. Um, and they're not going to make it back in time. So uh, Phileas Fogg convinces him uh, to let him uh, dismantle the ship to build a flying machine okay. that will bring him back using uh, information that he learned from the Wright, Wright brothers to... to um, to to use alongside his knowledge and the guy um agrees as long as he pays for um him to buy a new ship and for surgery to reattach two (laughs) new nipples to him all right not in the book but all right that's not bad (laughs) and they fly away they fly back and as they're flying away from the ship uh it just it just zooms in on the on the captain of the ship and he goes ah great they're gone how the hell do we get back now <laughs> just because like it's it's, it's yeah. him and all his crew is there and it's 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 good it's good timing they come in they come in late there's the mm-hmm. confusion about we cross the international oh, date yeah, lines yeah. we actually have a day and then not so fast because uh Lord Kelvin's like, oh, I'm going to have you arrested or something, you know, like there's a, yeah, yeah. but then the queen of England shows up, but, um, Lord Kelvin is talking a lot of shit about the queen, like yeah. on and on about how terrible she is. And then pulls a, she's behind me. Isn't she? Oh, that, <laughs> that old she classic. And, uh, the queen, uh, as played by Kathy Bates is there, uh, queen Victoria, declares oh. Fogg the winner, makes him the head of the Royal Society of Science or something. Uh, he marries the lady, the French lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and the French lady who, by the way, I looked it up. The character's name is Monique LaRoche, which is a very French name, except when you look up who's playing her, the, the actress's name is Cécile de France, which is a very oh, French yeah. name. It's even Frencher. Yeah, that would be like if somebody was John American. Um, and then this song. Pl- oh, sorry. Are you playing this an is- ad? <laughs> well, who is this? Is this David Bowie? Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics. Oh, all right. I'll play this more in the outro. Yeah, well, the I'm, worst glad song ever a, plays I'm glad he got a nice payday, presumably. Yeah. Oddly, it's not on Spotify. The rest of the soundtrack is. Um, yeah, well, he's, hold, he's holding out on licensing. Um, there's, there's no reason this movie should have been made, but also it's way better than I was expecting. Well, I'm there's looking some at genuine this cast. There, there are Will Forte, John Cleese. Oh, and I will mention this. Um, Will Forte and John Cleese have one bit together as English bobbies, uh-huh. obviously in front of a green screen at some point, And they literally like they're like Muppets. They like pop out uh, out of the bottom of the frame yeah. and do like one joke, like, like yeah. a Statler and Wal- Waldorf joke while there's green screen stuff happening in the back, like a chase scene. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Oh, like, okay. 
I understand John Cleese, but like Will Forte in 2004, <laughs> was he a, was he even on SNL yet? Because when they, in the credits, they list all the cameos in a very mm. annoying way because it's scrolling across the screen. Yeah. But there's enough space between all the names that like each name is on the screen alone for oh, a few seconds. Yeah. And then it goes off and the next one comes on. And so like it's like John Cleese, Kathy Bates, uh Arnold Schwarzenegger, even like you know, the lesser Rob Schneider. But then like mm-hmm. Will Forte comes up and it's like in two thousand four, is is he getting like I could see him I could see it being like we got John Cleese for a day and we have to go film in London and like Will Forte is up and coming at that point and he happens to be in London at the time or can fly to London that night. <laughs> and it's like John Cleese wants somebody to pl- he doesn't want to do a green screen thing. He wants somebody in like in real life to play off of. Yeah, but then why this. give him why give him the same billing he might have been it might have been one of those things where between when they filmed and the movie came out he got much more famous i don't know here's before his um before this his imdb Mm. is 1997 he played snow shovel murder victim on late (laughs) show with david letterman (laughs) (laughs) a famous Um, role and and then um, a character on Clone High, the MTV cartoon. Oh. But then his third credit, credit is is Around the World in 80 Days. He didn't when join did he Saturday join Night Live. 2000... This can't be right. 2008? Oh, really? No, that can't be right, can it? No. No, it's got to be earlier than that. Maybe they were like, look, this is going to be a real pain in the ass. You have to come to uh, uh, London to film this role, but uh, we'll give you uh, you know, one of these big uh, credits. Uh, it says, no, SNL, I'm looking at his Wikipedia, SNL years 2002 to, to, to 2010. Oh, okay. So okay, he was on sense. SNL, and I could see he was on SNL for two years. I could see it being a like, all right, he's starting to blow up. Mm-hmm. He yeah. wasn't on SNL too long before he got pretty popular, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't, re- like, I don't know. But also, I think for a movie like that, where they're trying to bill it as, like, we've got, this movie's got so many cameos. A lot of times with movies where that's what they're built on, sometimes it's like, uh, is this really a cameo or is this just like a regular hire? But it's like, look, another cameo. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and I'm okay with it. I, li- I like him. I like Will Forte. Look. Will Forte is great. Um, Jackie Chan's hilarious. Steve mm-hmm. Coogan is hilarious. I think Steve Coogan in the U.S. Mm-hmm. hasn't had the career that he deserves. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, he's massively, uh, you know, renowned in the UK and not that well known in the US. Yeah, he's hilarious in this movie. Yeah. This movie, Tom, mm-hmm. nine out of ten. Wow! All right, you watch it on Disney Plus. I watched it on Disney Plus, so they uh-huh. had to edit out all the butts. <laughs> oh, well, that's a real shame. Uh, well, I might, I might have to watch this movie. I mean, I should, I read the book and I really like the book and I love, uh, Jackie Chan. I really like Steve Coogan. I love Arnold. Yeah. Arnold, Arnold is not good in this film. How dare you? Arnold's good in every film he's in. I'll tell you something. He was nominated for the worst supporting actor at the Razzie Awards. Tim, those awards, those awards are all political. Tom, it's all guess who what? you know. He won the worst supporting actor uh, award uh, at the Stinker Awards. <laughs> oh, I only watched the little Stinker Awards. Uh he oh man i'm just looking at arnold arnold's filmography the movies he's got coming up sound awesome 
superhero yeah. kindergarten. Oh, I feel like I saw that. It's a cartoon. Never mind. Damn it. Uh, it's not kindergarten cop. No, related. but he's in Kung Fury 2, and Kung Fury 1 was very good. It was just kind of like a funny thing. I like, like funny things. Yeah, it was short. It was good. Might watch it tonight. Uh oh. Well, Tim, you know what? I think I'm I'm gonna have to check this movie out on your you Disney should. Plus account. Yeah, and there's a reason I gave you access to my Disney Plus. So I could watch. Um, no, because you gave me your HBO password. Yeah. Well. My mom's HBO password, to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I convinced my mom to sign up for Netflix, too. So the person that I traded a Netflix uh, account for, I had his Netflix account and he had my DC Universe account, which has since lapsed and which I will not be renewing. Uh, it's all good because now my mom's on Netflix. So got all convince my your mom to get HBO Max. I'm hoping, I'm holding out hope, Tim, that uh, they're going to reach a deal with Optimum, the the cable company, to give Optimum subscribers HBO Max. Okay. Because I'm going to need HBO Max, Tom. And if and you have my Disney Plus and my Hulu, mm-hmm. um, I think your mom's HBO isn't going to cut it. I think I might, I might have to play hardball here. I think I need something that you, I think you need skin in the game. No, I don't think. Hold on, Disney Plus, um, uh, and Hulu, because there is a Disney Plus Hulu bundle, Tim. Oh, and and ESPN Plus, which honestly I don't need. But that's Hulu with ads. We're not gonna. We're not gonna fucking take that, Tom. Okay, we're not gonna go back to advertisements. First off, I'm the one who convinced you to upgrade to the Hulu without ads. You were like, ads are fine. I'm like, you got to pay the extra fucking $2. I'm sick of these ads. Yeah. <laughs> so you convinced me to do it so you could benefit. Yeah, Tim. Aren't you getting it? This is what I do. I talked my mom into like, oh, there's a lot of shows on Netflix I would think you would like. <laughs> Yeah, just talk her into fucking HBO Max. He already pays for HBO, and I think it's going to... Tell her to quit HBO. Listen. It's not. It's not, Tom. I read about it. No, listen. First off, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus is $12.99 a month. So you take out the ESPN, and you add in Hulu without ads, still... It doesn't work like that, you dick. (laughs) It's still less than... Uh, what you're paying for? It's more than you're paying for how much fucking you, anything. Tom. How much are you paying? I'm paying with being a very good son, Tim. How much are you paying for Hulu without ads? Um, I think twelve ninety nine. Okay, so with ESP with uh Disney Plus rather, it's about twenty dollars. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. I do have to convince my mom to get uh HBO Max. <laughs> I'll do it. Thank you. All right. All right. And on that note, uh, thank you for being a patron and paying us money. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't share these. Hey, you better not share these feeds. That's illegal. Oh, you sons of bitches. Oh, if you're, if, ooh, if we find out you're sharing this feed, we'll come get you. Oh, God. I swear to God. We're going to have our army of lawyers come find you, rip you out of your home, and send you back. In a world of pain. We'll fucking murder you. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being a patron. Bye.